हे एवरीवन वेलकम टू अनदर एपिसोड ऑफ एंगेज का स्पेशल एडिशन पावर्ड बाय वेब एंगेज स्लोली एंड स्टेडीली वी आर हेडिंग टुवर्ड्स द फिनाले ऑफ द पॉडकास्ट एंड वी स्टिल हैव टन्स ऑफ इनसाइट्स लेफ्ट फॉर यू इफ यू वांट टू आस्क अस और आई गेस एनीथिंग यू कैन राइट टू अस ऑन ट्विटर एट वेब एंगेज बैक टू द एपिसोड टुडे प्रियम विल बी स्पीकिंग विद दमनदीप सिंह सोनी ए मार्केटर बाय प्रोफेशन एज़ वेल एज़ पैशन Daman brings more than 15 years of experience in marketing with Mobiquick, Line Messenger, Milk Basket to name a few in the past. He has been with us on season 1, so let's hear from him what he has been up to since then. Over to Priyam. Ha ji, sir, to sabse pehla sawal very very important question that we are all trying to understand is sir, does a precedent even exist right now that equates the current the covid-19 situation right now and its impact on business because everybody keeps using this word unprecedented so in your understanding has anything in the past happened that has had similar impacts on the economy and businesses so we've seen plenty of shocks in the past few years i've uh, gone through the whole 2008 uh, lehman moment and i was right across the lehman building so i would say yeah i have seen it in some form but i have never seen a supply and a demand shock simultaneously hitting the market i think that's the first time that i have ever seen uh, such a thing and coupled with that see this is not a financial uh, uh, event this is a health event and uh, it's impacting society as a whole mm-hmm. so uh, from that point of view uh, it's not that only one sector has been impacted or you know the follow on towards the sector has been impacted it's practically impacted anyone and everyone that we know about it. so yeah that point of uh, from taking things from that lens yeah this is uh, one of the uh, it's 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 one of its kind absolutely absolutely so the only point that i wanted to add to that is the fact that this is something that is happening everywhere around the world at the same time so i think such a global crisis of sorts is something that at least in my living memory i haven't really uh, recollected nor have a lot of my peers as well right. so on a on a personal front daman how has covid 19 impacted you as a professional and uh, of course the industry in which you operate in so uh uh frankly i like to think of myself first as an entrepreneur and second as a marketer and i think on both sides we've taken a huge huge hit uh, as an entrepreneur working with startups uh the one resource that we have huge paucity of always is capital uh i think we have the best of uh, employees to work with uh we've been privileged privileged because startups are very sexy you know uh but capital has been of a huge constraint and uh, at times like this uh, we've really had to go back to the drawing board and figure out how do we uh, utilize capital and how do we do resource allocation an entrepreneur's job is to first and foremost have a vision and second is to keep minimizing risk so that the company can grow mm-hmm. uh, this is a black swan event and none of us thought that it will be this this bad so we're all trying to figure out how do we uh, work with limited uh, yeah. limited capital and second is also with uh, funding uh, uh, is going to freeze up for the next few months at least how do we make the best of this situation secondly as a marketer uh, so with supply and demand both getting impacted mm-hmm. at times like this uh, you know uh, all of us are drilling down onto our marketing budget 
uh, we are seeing everything twice, but we're making sure we cut once because incremental changes every day is not going to help anyone. We need to take a strategy call and we need to go down a path. So as a marketer, I'm seeing a huge impact. I think even you can see it. You can hardly see any goods being peddled to you uh, either via ATL or by BTL. Uh, uh, frankly, there's no medium which can reach out to you as effectively today. Uh, newspapers have gone down. I mean, even the e-newspapers you see, you hardly see any ads in them. Outdoors are finished. Uh, digital may uh, we've seen some very interesting insights. Um, so I track digital very closely. The CPMs have reduced by 30 to 40%, which is good news for a marketer. But the CPAs, which is what actually runs the business, have increased by around 20 to 25%. Mm-hmm. So net-net, uh, 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 there is a huge impact. And it's not like I was signing up a thousand new users back in sound up. Get oh. 10,000 more users today. Groceries has been doing well, no doubt. I mean, because uh, there's a last mile problem. So uh, uh, groceries doing well uh, from that point. Absolutely. Uh, as far as, of course, SEM is concerned, even I have a couple of insights, which basically we have observed. It's that the, the, the cost of ads on most of the popular platforms, at least for uh, businesses that are engaging in these advertising on digital platforms, they have reduced a lot, but there is so much of unsold inventory at the same time because people, of course, there's no liquidity in the market. So it's such a unique situation that people find themselves in right now. Of course, there are some who have been reaping the benefits at this time using, making use of the reduced cost of advertising on digital, but not everybody is that lucky, I guess. Yeah, you see all the big spenders are out, right? Auto is out, travel is out. Uh, so, uh, rest of the route. So, uh, the big spenders are out, uh, uh, FMCDs, the Samsung's of the world, when they're not spending. So there's a lot of inventory, uh, up for grass, but again, I said, I mean, even if you bid on that inventory, conversions are not that great. Uh, so the conversion cost still is, uh, is pretty high because you're going to see the users also buckling down, right? Uh, in every third or fourth household, there's someone who's taken a salary cut or there's someone who's lost his job. So, or there's someone who's expecting that one of the two may happen. So people are also trying to buckle down and see uh, how they want to live out the next three to four months. So consumer behavior has changed in a huge, huge way uh, by this one uh, particular event. One is uh, people are realizing they don't need that much to live. <laughs> uh, so the marketer's job is becoming that more difficult. Second is for people are realizing how fragile their health is and how fleeting this whole life is. So uh, a lot of them are taking to social media to connect with family, friends, and community and discuss stuff like this. If you see the conversations around these particular topics, it's, it's uh, 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 gone up pretty high. Mm-hmm. Um, folks are discovering uh, the love for cooking all over again. And just by the virtue of, uh, at least in the cities, that uh, uh, delivery is a bit, a bit of a problem. And you've, you've seen the food delivery in India, though it's fallen in, uh, in the U S it's increased. Uh, so, uh, and, uh, behind all this is this the whole trauma that is happening in terms of, uh, fragility of life, uh, being able to continue your life as it is and the amount of money that is going to be coming into the house. Absolutely. Because of that interesting point that you mentioned about the industries that are doing well, I just wanted to follow up on that. Now, there have, of course, been uh, some notable industries that have not done well. Uh, auto has struggled. It has been struggling uh, since the last couple of years. Now it's become even worse. Even the auto spare parts industry is really struggling. Travel and tourism has been one of the major hits. 
offline retail also for that matter has of course struggled and i probably foresee it to remain the same even for in the coming months what are what are some of the outliers over here daman of course you mentioned uh, grocery hyperlocal that has done well are there any other industries that are doing well right now so content and streaming is doing very well beside this mm-hmm. social media companies are doing pretty well and uh, gaming is doing very well pretty common sensical basically you're at home you're locked down there uh, mm-hmm. is i mean you're working from home and what do you do with the rest of the time you have to fill up your time right i mean people did not go to office just to work children did not go to school just to just to learn schools are also uh, proxies for child care so education is also uh, uh, another which is doing uh, pretty well so we kind of realize that our core time which we used to be productive once that gets over we need to fill it up with other things mm-hmm. we did not go to a restaurant to feed our stomach we went to the restaurants to experience so uh, a lot of time now is going uh, into uh, filling up with entertainment and uh, you know the basic genres absolutely uh, another point uh, is video conferencing apps the success of zoom has absolutely been incredible i think couldn't have come at a better time for yeah i don't know how it's like zoom that we are right now <laughs> exactly yeah. so yeah, yeah so, i mean uh, i was just someone that no one wants to do a phone call anymore everyone wants to do a zoom call now so <laughs> absolutely yeah. absolutely it's been pretty amazing in spite of all the privacy concerns that they have been uh, hit to it i think it's pretty amazing that the company has managed to maintain uh, the kind of service qualities they are known for even at such massive scale and um, i think that's something very notable but i'm going to pick one point that you made daman which has been on my mind for quite some time is you mentioned mm-hmm. the change of consumer behavior mm-hmm. and the way society functions as a whole has been deeply affected and you have mentioned trauma being a very core part of uh, something that has been guiding us or motivating us to do new things like be fit or connect with family and of course the tra- trauma originates from the fact that there is this covid-19 pandemic all around the world now there are there have been uh, a lot of uh, sane voices out there who have been saying that even after let's say the lockdown or the quarantine ends uh, this is going to remain uh, constant for a very long period of time because this kind of trauma is again unprecedented nothing like this has ever happened and it's changed consumer behavior for good and this is going to have a huge economic impact in the coming days now my question is for an economic revival to actually happen what kind of a timeline do you foresee man uh, i would be joking if i tell you i knew uh, frankly uh, none of us know how this is going to play out i mean frankly this game gets over when there's a vaccine right absolutely end of the day i mean by till that time we're going to have multiple waves and there's going to be uh, uh frequent shutdowns i think this is going to be a way of life for the at least uh, the next few months the next mm-hmm. quarter at least mm-hmm. uh because i mean besides the economic fallout uh, the human fallout is going to be huge uh, especially for a, con- a country like us i think that's something we cannot afford because if the population feels that the government is not taking adequate steps in trying to save the lives then the trust is uh, finished the trust evolves so i think that's something which the government will have to balance between the economy and the consumers but coming to uh, what's going to happen when uh, this when uh, life gets back to supposed normal 
I will see an initial spike in consumption, frankly, once things open up. Uh, and we are seeing signs of that in Korea, uh, signs of that in China. People call it revenge shopping. I don't think it's that. I also think it's a lot of pent up demand. Uh, the fact that you're locked up in a house for a month, uh, there are a lot of things that are broken down. There are a lot of things which need to be bought. Uh, your schools, textbooks need to be bought. So a lot of pent up demand and probably revenge shopping because some luxury goods also did pretty well. That is, I love the fact that it's called revenge shopping. That's absolutely hilarious. <laughs> That's a term these days. But overall, I see uh, three major shifts happening uh, from where I said. One is uh, uh, people are going to try to simplify their life. They'll want to eat less and buy less for a, for a decent amount of time because they now see that such things also give them happiness. Uh, so we'll see a bit of degrowth in consumption for uh, the medium term. Second is a lot of folks are going to figure out that they've been consuming and putting too much time and effort into overconsumption. Mm-hmm. So stuff like uh, a lot of folks are going to uh, probably take a step back from stuff like fast fashion which is uh, adding uh, stress to the environment. And the third thing is, and which is basically a corollary to the second one, is a, a lot of folks will now understand how uh, climate and nature is playing a role in their, uh, in their lives because, I mean, we've seen such positive reports of yep. rivers cleaning up and the animals taking over the jungles and the fish coming back. Uh, so a lot of folks are now going to get much more conscious about that. So brands cannot be very brash about things. Uh, they will have to uh, speak a language which now resonates with the users uh, going forward. The, the whole uh, idea of engaging with them mm-hmm. is also going to change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That brings me to my next question. I'm glad you mentioned that because there has been a lot of talk about what really constitutes uh, an effective marketing strategy in the time of a pandemic. And okay. my question is again, coming back to something that nobody really knows because there is no playbook that exists. Uh, which said that in 50 years ago, uh, a virus of a similar scale uh, had affected people everywhere on earth. So therefore this is what brands did and they managed to see you know, proper growth or continued growth. Nothing like that really exists. So. Everything is going to be, of course, based on very logical reasoning and the brands that have a good, uh, I would say, finger on the pulse of, let's say, the nation or the consumers would probably be better off. So in your opinion, what is it that really constitutes an effective marketing strategy in these times? See, the, the context changes, but the marketing first principles remain the same. Uh, so if I overlay the marketing first principles with uh, the current context, I think there are three main things that we need to do. One is obviously marketers need to see, uh, they need to talk to the CFOs and CEOs pretty closely and see uh, how much uh, capital is available first to uh, execute the marketing and create a very tight budget with different scenarios. That is point number one. From a consumer side of things, there are two things. One is, I think this is a time that brands need to be radically generous. And what I mean by this is, let's take an example of Zoom. Uh, When this happened, how did Zoom resonate itself with a lot of the uh, consumers? It gave its uh, uh, service free of cost to schools, right? Uh, So that millions of students could come onto Zoom and uh, 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 use this platform 
to uh, uh, further their learning. An Indian example would be Geo, for example. Geo said that anyone, uh, and it's predominantly prepaid, uh, so Geo said anyone who's run out of uh, the balance, they can get, they can continue to keep getting free incoming calls, right? Rather than not even getting incoming. Mm -hmm. So uh, brands ha uh, who have shown, uh, taken the, the, the generous peg, they will do pretty well. Right. And uh, talking about engagement, I think, isn't this what every brand wants that even even during times of a downturn, the customer keeps engaging with the brand and what best engagement than to keep using the brand, right? That's the best engagement. Uh, and people talk about this, right? You and me are talking about Zoom today, that it's been given free to my kids. So that's one, be radically uh, generous on the brand side. The second is, uh, I think brand should now evangelize the category and not just your own brand. Right? At this point in time, you don't go and say that my company is the best. You say our category is something which can help solve a problem for you. Fantastic right? point. Uh, you, you take a broader outlook. And even in the past, I've seen brands which have done this. They've, they've, done, uh, they've done well in the, uh, in the longer scheme of things. So, for example, we have seen a lot of collaboration happening between brands to be able to solve uh, user problems and grow the category as a whole. For example, both Google and Apple have come together to create tech which will help ensure that we can do a contact tracing. Mm -hmm. uh, this is this is unprecedented, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, so stuff like this is which will help the whole uh, category grow per se, which will mm -hmm. uh, uh, drive mobility. And I think stuff like this is what uh, leading brands are doing, and also a lot of innovative brands mm -hmm. are doing and mm -hmm. engaging. And you know, resonating with the customer, not engaging. Mm -hmm. So I think these are the three things: drill down on your marketing budget, be very generous, and evangelize the category and not just the brand. Fantastic, fantastic. Thank you for that insight. Uh, the whole idea of getting marketers and uh, industry heavyweights such as yourself is to really get a fresh perspective. And I think I completely agree with the fact that the category itself uh, is something that needs to come together and brands of course do not need to get into the whole traditional game of uh, one-upping each other. I completely mm -hmm. agree. I couldn't agree anymore. Um, now, of course, there is no rule book right now which says if you do X or Y or Z things, you are going to be very effective in terms of your marketing. Uh, brands are of course doing a lot of things right now across the board, some things that you might have uh, resonated with, some things you might not have liked. What has been the most noticeable change, Daman, that you have come across right now with respect to consumer brands post-COVID? And when I say that, I mean with the kind of engagement that you have been uh, uh, witnessing from there. Has there been something that has been a standout? Yeah. So uh, the simple. So let's talk about digital brands, right? Uh, B2C brands. Open up any app today, which you used to regularly use. You will see the home page has entirely changed for every app. And I mean every app. P8 Zomato. Now they are talking, they have, uh, above the scroll, they have allocated a significant amount of space about how they are driving hygiene. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So also Swiggy. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if you look at Amazon or Flipkart, uh, they have very clearly stated that uh, they are supporting the government in their initiative and not going ahead with things, but they are only going to open up uh, uh, essential services. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And Likewise, you can just go on example after example and you can see uh, the kind of stuff that is happening. Paytm, for example, 
has uh, put pushed pm care to right up front and also the uh, the covid insurance yep. right yep. so uh, the d2c brands have not only gotten contextual but they have also transformed their services to be more relevant to the user at this point in time yep specifically talking about travel and tourism yeah that's an aberration that's something which is very deep hit and for them to be able to do something to be relevant to a user right now is just having a good content strategy coming out mm-hmm. at this point in time mm-hmm. but uh, because travel is such a rich content category a content yep. uh, a content category but i think besides that to be able to expect any transaction at this point in time uh, device from a travel mm-hmm. company's point of view because frankly no one knows mm-hmm. uh, so a net net uh, what i wanted to say is, is a lot of the uh, digital brands they have uh, contextualized their home screens uh, to make uh, themselves more relevant to the user today fantastic fantastic uh, from, from what that also means for install uh, or a post acquisition funnel uh, is your entire funnel changes now right yep. uh, your earlier funnel of uh, purchase and checkout is going to be very different from what it is happening as of today uh, the the mix of products and services sold are, uh, are also going to change so uh, as a marketer if i have to benchmark the current funnel i don't have anything to benchmark it with the earlier funnel exactly and i hope that marketers don't benchmark the new funnel with the with exactly this, this particular month absolutely absolutely so a quick offshoot to what you just mentioned now there has been this one recurring theme that i keep coming across all the time and i am glad you mentioned context being very important right now most of the brands that have uh, been doing exceptional user engagement in the past before covid even existed they had very uh, sharp insights with respect to the consumers that they were targeting uh, with respect to the very targeting itself with respect to the user engagement channels they had a very set uh, uh, or rather a very unique curated kind of an agenda with which they were going about it their marketing strategy yeah, that's their engagement strategy now the one recurring theme that i keep coming across at least in the initial days was the fact that the engagement was highly highly humanized there was this one recurring theme that i saw which was empathy all right uh, nobody was really trying to sell sell in the beginning now do you think this is a trend which is going to continue even well beyond the current scenario where covid's impact is so strong or do you think it's going to die down and it will probably become uh, things will become back to normal after like 6 months or something yes see each brand has an archetype right while a lot of brands are doing the, doing it and and obviously the the language you speak and the communication you have is quite contextual you can't be talking about diwali during a holy season so yeah empathy is there and i think it's going to continue but what is actually worrying me is almost a sort of normal a huge number of brands a huge number of brands are using the same tonality so to be able to distinguish one brand to the, from the other if i don't look at the brand it's, it's quite difficult uh, everyone starts with i mean i've, I've shared a video also uh, online everyone starts in the same way and everyone is talking about we are in it together and everyone is showing images of people clapping from the balconies to end the video uh, so i think 
brands need to start creating content which is which which is true to themselves very few brands are doing that uh, and uh, unfortunately a lot of brands are sounding like each other right now absolutely absolutely so, uh, while while it's going to tug a chord initially but i don't think that's a sustainable strategy given how long we're going to be uh, uh, in this whole rut i completely agree with aman i think uh, the the kind of uh, impact you are uh, talking about i think the evolution needs to happen and you have mentioned that uh, very few brands are doing it so i'll i'll come very quickly to the point of user retention versus user acquisition the one now we are of course living in an age where uh, there is big funding and there are massive unicorns everywhere who are running away with their millions of dollars in the bank and uh, the one biggest focus for them is to capture as much of the market as possible because they have they have the bank to do it but right now things are a little different because liquidity is dead or dying as we all know it people are sitting tight with their money and nobody is willing to loosen up the purse big brands uh, that used to be these giants are of course sealing up their purse strings as well and they are saying you know focus on breaking even right now so in such a scenario equating growth with acquisition is going to be a very very difficult task and it's going to be a tall order because it's kind of a luxury right now to do big spending campaigns to uh, these big scm campaigns spend a lot on ads so the question over here is of course is the tide shifting in the favor of user retention and are brands now really recognizing the impact that retention can have with respect to long term growth see i think the sanity of focusing on retention and retention being the new acquisition had already come in i think 12 months ago the move fast and big things and growth at all costs barring a couple of companies i think everyone had figured out that that's not the way to move forward because that's not sustainable and uh, 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 i won't say that retention has taken a, a big focus right now mm-hmm. but i think this this tide was already there Uh, the amount the, of effort that we put into retention is far more than the amount we put in acquisition today and i think this, this shift has been happening for over 12 months now uh probably more uh what has changed right now is yes there's a lot of bandwidth that has been freed on the marketing team's mind from acquisition so this gives me the time to also train up my team in all the retention strategies folks who were just pure focus purely focused on user acquisition so that's what's happening there's more cross pollination of ideas uh, than what we used to do earlier when we had uh, when we had lesser time a lot of our retention campaigns are broken frankly because like i said the funnel has changed the user's priority has changed so a lot of those earlier uh, journeys and trigger campaigns have frankly been paused in fact what we've done now is we've changed the journeys and the trigger campaigns so that they are more relevant to the current context and the current user behavior for example at milk basket the user would order uh, quite frequently right uh, north of 12 times a month now people are bunching up their orders because obviously they want less Uh, uh interaction with the human so uh the user behavior has changed the basket size has increased so on and so forth the earlier retention campaigns and the earlier retention metrics will not uh matter right now mm-hmm. the kps themselves have moved 
uh, in the positive sense. But uh, if I would apply the same rules earlier, I can apply the norm. But which is what a growth team typically does, right? You evolve as a company and your user also evolves in the usage uh, uh, of your product and services. Mm-hmm. So your entire journeys and your campaigns, even they evolve uh, with time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree. I think the whole idea of uh, retention being, let's say, the new acquisition right now generally stems from the fact that uh, acquisition is going to be something which is very difficult to kind of achieve. And there is a, at least in the uh, coming one year or so, and I think the whole notion of, let's say, making more money or rather extracting more value from your users becomes a massive reality right now, which a lot of marketers and, of course, business owners are going to focus on. Uh, which is why my next question is going to be around engagement. How critical do you think is user engagement right now? And when I say user engagement, I mean the kind of communication that uh, uh, brands leverage to keep uh, their users happy or to, to basically sell more value to the users. How important is user engagement going to be in the coming one year or so while we are still uh, reeling from the COVID impact? So let's talk about user engagement for two kinds of companies. One is companies which currently uh, users are actively using, for example, grocery and uh, uh, streaming and games. Uh, we just spoke about that. The, the user engagement is pretty much there. The, uh, the funnels have changed, the triggers have changed, the KPIs have changed, but for the, but for the better. Then let's talk about companies where uh, the user is not interacting so much with the brand. Okay. Uh, for example, I'm not filling up petrol in my car right now, right? So much. Uh, uh, we're not going out shopping. We're not going out uh, to, uh, uh, to a restaurant. What does a brand do uh, at times like this? At times like this, content is a very big strategy for, for driving engagement. A lot of brands are coming up with stellar content. And they're going above and beyond create that that kind of content which uh, keeps the brand in mind, but they're not selling anything. They're not doing a, doing a force pitch, but they're talking about what really impacts the user. Mm-hmm. I've seen bands even talk about mental health, which I see in a very positive light because I mean it's still considered a taboo in a lot of areas uh, in India. But brands have come out and uh, and spoken about that. So uh, I think uh, that kind of answers the question, you know. Brands that are doing well, they have kind of tweaked their uh, uh, engagement strategies and and brands that are are not seeing purchases and interactions happening right now, they have have completely changed their context and talking uh, uh, about stuff which is more impactful and meaningful to the user. Mm -hmm. These are good good examples that I'm giving you. A lot of brands have seen have gone silent, strangely. (laughs) I I don't understand why. Because that's just like, uh, you know, switching off the engine (laughs) while the plane is flying so best of luck with them absolutely i completely agree i mean i i have noticed a couple of of course options or other apps that i have seen who have gone silent but overall i have seen a spike a massive spike in the engagement uh, from the apps that i of course use and uh, some of the messaging has been of course like you mentioned initially it was all about tackling the coronavirus and how to basically uh, continue to live a normal life even in these circumstances slowly and steadily everything started sound everybody started sounding the same like you mentioned but now i have started to see there have been some outliers who have been doing well which which brings me to the last question 
for for the day raman is mm-hmm. there are going to be some some brands or some businesses that are probably going to die in the next one year or 18 months or two years or so but there are there are also going to be some brands who are going to end up becoming legendary brands because of the way they handled this crisis or the way they functioned in this pandemic uh, what is that one important thing that will determine the success of brands in the long term and it which will become probably a harvard case study in the years to come what is that one factor that brands need to really really ace i think again being generous i think this is the time for the brand to be really big and really reach out uh, to the user uh, uh, brands that are generous brands that are uh, you know solving a user's problem by being generous are really going to create a differentiator for themselves because uh, this is a time which the user will not forget about i think we will talk about this yep. for quite a number of years and in that in those talk you want that uh, you want the brand to give the aha moment to mm-hmm. the user mm-hmm. you know and that will not be selling him a 50% extra chocolate bar that will be by by you know uh, being generous to the user in terms of uh, you know giving him extra mask at home or give or or uh dialing down your uh, your service costs or giving him something extra so uh, oh, i think God. that is one zone really uh, uh, uh that's really going to resonate with the user and it can't be trivial users are smart yep. right yep yep uh, uh, it has to be something which is meaningful mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and i think every brand has an option to do mm-hmm. that right mm-hmm. while there are a lot of unknowns right now brand shouldn't know about the survival every and being generous doesn't cost you money every time okay you can be generous with your actions you can be generous with your words with your thoughts with your content uh, and with the service and products definitely daman sir that was a fantastic conversation sure man uh, priyam you do stay safe and thanks for your time thanks thank you this. thank you sir ji thank you take care have a good one bye okay bye bye That's all Daman had in store for us. If you like this podcast, don't forget to share it with your friends, family, colleagues or whoever can benefit from the insights. We'll see you in the next episode. Till then, stay home, stay safe, take care and I'll see you soon.